Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat with Zach. Today, I have an amazing guest, my dear friend, Jenna Delpogrini. Hi, Jenna. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for hopping on this week's episode. Um, I'm so excited to just sit down and chat with you. Uh, obviously, this episode is called Let's Chat About Working for Disney. So I'd love to dive in and learn more about what you do at Disney, your career path, and, and things like that. So without further ado, let's just hop right into it. So my first question to you is, so you currently work at the Walt Disney Company. So would you want to take a moment to tell the listeners what your title is and what you do exactly at Disney? Um, yeah, so my title, I am a communications specialist for consumer products, games, and publishing, um, which is a smaller segment of the Disney Parks Experiences and Products Division. Um, lots of acronyms, so I'm <laughs> saying them without the <laughs> acronyms. Um, and I am assigned, I do public relations work for the National Geographic and Lucasfilm franchises currently. Awesome. That sounds like so amazing. And, you know, you're working for like one of the, I mean, I know I'm biased because I love entertainment, but like, I think one of the best companies. <laughs> and honestly, like we grew up watching like Disney, like Disney was part of our childhood. And to think that, you know, you're working for the company now, like that must feel really amazing. It's, it's really surreal. Um, I grew up going to Disney. My dad is a huge amusement park fan. So we would have two week vacations where we'd spend one week in Hilton Head Island where my mom got her beach time, but then we <laughs> would spend a, then a week in Orlando, literally just going to park after park after park. I've probably been to almost every amusement park in Orlando. Uh, like crazy. Disney, Universal, Aquatica, like Discovery wow. Cove. Like if it's in Orlando, I've probably been to it because my dad was such a big parks person. And he loved the family bonding that came with like going to the amusement park. So it was yeah. always kind of fun. Like, oh, maybe one day I'll work for Disney. You know, like those childhood <laughs> dreams where you like yeah. see all the people dressed up and you're like, oh, this would be so fun. But like, I never actually imagined that it would actually turn into a reality when I yeah. started seriously applying for jobs and like started looking into a career path. I was just like, yeah, Disney's not happening. It's like so <laughs> far up up there and competitive. I was like, it's not happening. Let's just get that out of our head. And then, and now I'm here. It's yeah. It's very surreal. <laughs> <laughs> and did you did you always know you wanted to go the consumer product route after um, after college? No. So actually, so we went to school together. So you know, I was on the political route for PR. Yeah. Um, throughout like it's part of the reason why I wanted to go to school in Washington, DC was because I was always told when I switched into the PR track, I had a good head for politics not sure if that's a compliment or not <laughs> but they said I just picked up on those political strategies and PR tactics and techniques and messaging and I would be really good like up on Capitol Hill or doing some type of White House corresponding with a network and I just had a head for it and I'd yeah. be a good communicator in that space so I went through the political track and a lot of my 
courses and electives at the school were in politics and had to do with political messaging or nonprofit work, since that's very closely tied with politics. And yeah. then it really wasn't until the 2020 election, which was the first election I actually voted in, um, where I was kind of took a step back and took a big holistic view as to what was going on around me and like what society was like at the time. And I yeah. was like, you know what? I don't think I'd be happy making a career in this environment, in this space. This It's really cool. I'm really good at it, but I don't see myself being happy mm -hmm. in a career in this space. I mean, I could probably suck it up and do it, but I yeah. just kind of had that gut feeling that like, I would not be happy and I'd end up like Squidward, like miserable. No, literally. <laughs> I cannot agree more with you. Um, obviously, you know, going to school in DC, like it's a very politically, you know, driven atmosphere for obvious reasons. Um, but I like literally couldn't agree more because I, I, you know, going to school in DC, I feel like a lot of people just assumed I was going to go into like the political route or, you know, work on Capitol Hill and I had friends that like interned on the hill and I don't know like the experiences just didn't vibe with me and everyone that worked on the hill that like I knew like hated it <laughs> and like you weren't getting paid it was like grueling hours you had to wear a whole suit and everything and like in the summers it's humid and like I worked uh one summer like I interned for Homeland Security so I got the government experience but to go off your point about like, I like eventually, or like I could have done it and sucked it up. But at the end of the day, like if that's not what I want to do, if that's not what I'm passionate about, then why would I do that to myself? Like, literally. Yeah, I, I kind of had for the longest time that like first oldest child syndrome where mm -hmm. I was so used to just kind of sucking things up because I'm the oldest and I'm expected to do well and set an example for my younger siblings that I just kind of took people's compliments and was like, okay, that's what I have to do because yeah. that's what they expect me to do because that's what they say I'm good at. And that's mm -hmm. what they expect of me. So I have to go forward with it. So like I interned at the partnership for public service, which is this amazing nonprofit in Washington, DC. And I loved it. I had a great yeah. time there working, but like the work that I was doing, I couldn't find value in it. I wasn't really happy doing the work, like I, I enjoyed working and doing the creative design aspect that I was able to do, but I personally just felt like I wasn't getting any value out of it. And then I mm -hmm. was extremely lucky. I applied and I got accepted into Professor Leonard Steinhorn's like yeah. political election class for 2020. And that was such an amazing opportunity. I learned so much about communicating in the political space around elections, how they work how the media makes voters perceive things a certain way. And I did learn a lot there and I had an amazing time in that class. But again, I was just not finding any value in the work I was doing. It, it mm -hmm. felt like I was just doing homework that I had to do to get a grade and I wasn't very happy doing it. So I kind of took a reflective look back after like during winter break, before not during winter break but like kind of right before we had to pick classes for the spring semester and I was mm -hmm. like okay you're graduating in the spring you have to start applying for jobs now um you kind of have to figure out what you want to do 
um, and the path I thought I was going to be doing wasn't something I wanted to do anymore. And so I was like, I really had to take a step back and be reflective and go, okay, I know I love public relations. Public relations is very multifaceted. It can be applied in almost any career space and area. Yeah. What do I like? What makes me happy? And I just went back to like my basic childhood roots. And I was like, you know, what makes me happy? Yeah. Movies, entertainment. Yeah. I always kind of had this dream of working in like the movie space. It was the entertainment industry. It always held such a fascination for me. And I always loved watching like the documentaries and the behind the scenes of the entire process of how movies were made and how it was put together. And then you see people's reactions to the movies and how it affects pop culture and how people like fall in love with these yeah. movies and they become an integral part of their lives. I mean, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, like those movies <laughs> have so like shaped me in such a way. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of where I can find value and mm-hmm. public relations. I didn't realize there would be like a space for me in the entertainment industry because I didn't think I had the skills I was like I'm not really good at special effects I'm not an artist I know I know how to work a camera a little bit but I'm not really into like the hands-on type of stuff like that I can't act to save my life (laughs) I mean I'm pretty dramatic when I want to be but like not like that I'm not a singer I mean I can carry a tune but I'm not like a talent yeah I don't really like being on the screen so I always just figured like that wasn't a route I could take and then I took professor Baskar's entertainment PR class and mm-hmm. I was in that class I had the most amazing time yeah. I was like this is amazing I love this we were planning red carpets we were like writing pitches and stuff for like movies and like I was like this is what I want to do mm-hmm. so once I found that out and I was like okay I, I, this is something I can actually do I was like we're gonna do it we have to do it yeah and do it I was like we're gonna make this happen one way or another we're going to try and get into this entertainment space in PR. I just didn't think I would get to where I was at so quickly, if that's the word. Mm -hmm. Um, Because usually, as you know, PR professionals, when they graduate, they go into agencies. Yeah. That's kind of where I expected to end up. And (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I, that's, you brought up such great points. Like, I kind of just want to backtrack a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So you talked about, and I I really agree with with what you said in terms of how PR is, I mean, I always viewed it as kind of like an umbrella term in the sense that, you know, PR is an industry that there's so, like, so much opportunity, no matter what aspect of PR you want to go into. And that's what drew me to the, to the major specifically, just because, like, I feel like a lot of students, you know, when they start college, they don't know their major, let alone what they want to do. So I feel like why I like gravitate towards PR, and, and I'm sure you too, is just because of like the opportunities down the line. Like you could have an interest in like corporate PR, political PR, entertainment PR, what you know, whatever. Um, but there's these like universal skills that kind of just like transcend and trickle over to each segment. Even though obviously each industry has their own like you know, stuff, you know, equated to it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's just like, you know, the normal normalness of it. Uh, but I love how PR is universal in that sense. And because I, I knew people that were like international relations majors and felt very rigid and narrow in their, you know, job search, because, you know, you're already in a very competitive field. And then that field is kind of limiting in terms of what do you want to do post-grad? Whereas, you know, the PR is competitive in a sense. Um, but I felt like there was more, you know, diversity and and just variety in terms of what, you know, you wanted to do post-grad. And I think the entertainment industry is like a grueling industry and an industry that is arguably one of the most competitive industries out there just because of the nature of it. And, you know, I kind of knew that growing up in a sense, but like, you don't really know that until you're like in it. Um, But I'm just like you, like, that's one of the reasons why I kind of always knew I wanted to go the entertainment route. Um, I, you know, I initially wanted to go to school in California. Like that was my thing. It was my parents that kind of encouraged me to, you know, go to America and go to school in DC and get that, you know, more diverse liberal arts education, which, you know, I'm grateful for and I'm, and I'm glad I had the experience, but I, like, I knew as soon as I graduated, I was going to move to LA. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's, it's hard to stick with that when like a lot of people or people are telling you like what the normal next step is, whether that's like the agency route, Um, And I always knew I didn't want to work at an agency, like, even though people kept telling me, and I'm sure they told you to like, you know, going the agency route is like perfect post grad, like, you're diving in and, you know, working on all these accounts, you get uh, diversity in terms of your experience. Um, But like, for me, it was like, the culture didn't, you know, attract me, the work the you know, the notion that your client is your like, everyday you know focus which is like they're they're called the trenches for a reason (laughs) (laughs) exactly and I was like I you know I was you know at one point I was contemplating just because so many people were telling me not only professors but you know students that have graduated a couple years before me that um that I knew and and I'm sure like you know you get valuable experience working in agency um, I, I don't doubt that for sure, but I just knew that wasn't me. Um, and so, yeah, I couldn't relate more to, to that. Um, and yeah. it's, it's just like so crazy that, you know, we went to school, like when we went to school, like the last four years, it was just like insane. I feel like DC was just like so chaotic with everything. It was, um, yeah. and you, gra- and you honestly, like, you are someone that's like so amazing like you graduated a year early and did everything like that's it that's like so insane to me like that's so awesome um and like you still graduated like I feel like obviously people in 2020 2021 and 2022 I feel like we like are graduating through a pandemic and Mm -hmm. our college experience was through a pandemic and so you know we both went to AU so I just wanted to ask like how are you navigating post-grad life and how was that because I know you just recently you know moved to Florida and and got your your job so kind of want to backtrack to you know last year when you graduated how how was everything um so when I graduated I didn't have a job lined up so that made me panic a little bit because 
that's what was expected of me was to have a job lined up and I didn't have one um mm -hmm. I re I made the decision to go in the entertainment space and I didn't think I would be doing consumer products I just knew I wanted to do something in the entertainment space but I knew it was really competitive yeah um and I was really lucky that I had the support system that I had that I could live back with my parents mm -hmm. while I was still applying for jobs so I was lucky in the sense that I could still save up money because I wasn't necessarily paying bills as if I were yeah. on my own and that allowed me to network and apply for a whole bunch of positions um but it was kind of tricky because <laughs> um I am very much like I liked school I love mm -hmm. learning and I actually like I'll complain about it like that's what we do you complain yeah. about the schoolwork but like I actually liked school and was always like really excited when school was starting again um I don't know but I <laughs> so not being in the school system anymore and basically having my entire senior year like erased it was all virtual for me yeah um I didn't even have like an in-person graduation for me it was like I kind of felt like I was floundering a little bit because mm -hmm. there was no distinct cutoff. Yeah. With, like usually graduation, you're like, okay, I'm done. You have your graduation mm -hmm. ceremony, you get your diploma. Like that's kind of the end point, like that event. And I didn't really have that. Everything was online virtual for me. And I just yeah. kind of went to AU, took a couple photos and that was it. And that kind of left me like floundering because I was like, where do I go? Like there yeah. was no end point for the year and I didn't get to interact with people. I missed out on networking events. I missed out on like in-person networking at internships that I had. So mm -hmm. I was kind of panicking because I was like, I had a lot of plans <laughs> of how <laughs> my senior year was kind of going to look and it didn't yeah. happen because it was all virtual. Um, so I was, I say I'm lucky. Like I, I like to say that like I have the skills to be where I am, but it was like kind of lucky that I just happened to network with the correct people to get me into my current position. But that it was like, what? It was graduated in May. So like May, mm -hmm. June, July, that like three and a half month period, I was just kind of floundering. I was still working. I worked at Sheets back home so I worked there when I was at home for breaks so yeah. I could like save money so I was still working there and I that's another conversation <laughs> I worked <laughs> sheets. but I was still working but I wasn't doing what I expected to be doing straight out of yeah. school and then it was kind of hard for me because I graduated a year early so all of my friends who I had in school um were a year behind me more experiencing the same things that I was mm -hmm. I didn't really know any upperclassmen who graduated at the same time as me who were I went back home to Pittsburgh I think Catherine went to New York yeah and everybody else I knew like I, they weren't near me um and so I didn't really have anyone to kind of talk to about this experience because everybody mm -hmm. that I knew kind of was already starting their careers or it was just hard to keep in touch because we weren't on the same like experience because I graduated yeah. Europe. Um, so it was kind of, I was floundering a little bit and I, I yeah. was kind of panicking. I was yeah. like, oh my God, um, I need to find a job. Yeah. And so 
I got into the bad habit of applying for anything. As we all do. <laughs> As we all do when we're panicking. And so I got some interviews. I got ghosted a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was interviewing for a nonprofit in D.C. for a comms position there. And I'd have to move back to D.C., which was fine because I love D.C. I honestly thought I would be staying there. I got an interview for this PR firm in New York, um, a really highly acclaimed agency firm that worked like right off Wall Street, but it was in like financials, stuff like that, working with like high-end Wall Street clients. Yeah, no. (laughs) Trying to paint the picture here where- Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it sounded like something out of like house of cards or like handle yeah. like those high prolific clients and I was doing rounds of interviews there and I was like okay I'm gonna have to choose between going back to DC and working at a nonprofit, um and being really far away from the entertainment industry which is where I kind of wanted to work or yeah. going up to New York which is the other place I considered going to after graduation and working for this firm where I know I'm going to be miserable, but I'll be making a decent amount of money. And I felt like I was kind of going to be pushed into choosing between two negatives because you graduate, you get a job. That's what you do. Like Mm -hmm. you're an adult now you have to get a job. (laughs) And so going into like August, I was not like depressed, but just kind of like resigned a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I, I kind of have that like older sibling syndrome where like conceal don't feel. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of suck it up because like you're the oldest, your parents expect this of you. They're taking care of your younger siblings. Your younger siblings are looking at you. You have to set an example. All your aunt, I have a big family. It's like all my yeah. aunts and uncles, every time I saw them, it's, oh, how are your interviews going? How was your job search going? Do you have yeah. a job? uh back in my day I had many jobs I didn't like but you have to go like that type of stuff where it's like guilting you into getting a job so I was kind of down and then I reached out to Gemma (laughs) (laughs) our queen Gemma yeah and then Gemma connected me to Lillian who is amazing yeah and that's where it took off that's where the light at the end of the tunnel began to shine (laughs) that's I mean everything you said was so relatable even for me as someone who graduated a year after you did um I I felt the exact same things like I didn't you know I started applying for jobs like the towards the end of first semester senior year Mm -hmm. and people were telling me oh that's too early whatever um but I was just like doing what because I knew the entertainment industry was a very competitive space and you know, the summer going into my senior year, I had an internship with the academy. So I kind of kind of mm-hmm. knew like the what I was getting myself into, so to speak. Um, and like the a lot of the connections I made through the academy and going into, you know, early um, spring semester of senior year when I had like all these informational interviews, like everyone was telling me like, you know, there's only so much you can do when you're not in LA uh, for what I wanted to do. And so I similar to you, I thought I was behind, like, I didn't have any, you know, I mean, I, like you said, like, I didn't have any, you know, I didn't major in film or TV. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't think PR was going to take me that far in terms of, uh, you know, what I wanted to do, so to speak. Um, and I thought that I was already set behind because I felt like I was competing with students that are graduating from like USC, UCLA, LMU for these jobs, which, you know, makes sense. They're already here. And those are the students that have interned at these places. And, and I'm sure these companies are seeing, uh, you know, a high percentage of, of applicants from those um, mm -hmm. colleges. And so coming from DC and AU, and I just felt like it was just like the distance thing, even though like, you know, you could Zoom and email virtually, like I still felt like it was like, a yank because like the distance and like there's only so much and the connections in DC entertainment wise were slim to none like I feel like unless you wanted to go the broadcast journalism anchor news whatever route like yeah. yes but other than that like I felt like there was no opportunity because everything was like really political and yeah. public affairs related which obviously makes sense it's DC and mm -hmm. DC is also very small so yeah. um and I didn't want to work for I kind of knew I didn't want to have that mindset of like to get a job to have a job mm -hmm. um and I didn't want that to sound like cocky of me but I just like felt like you know I worked so hard during college and like I shouldn't have to settle if I don't have to you know what I mean like yeah. I and like that mentality I feel like honestly helped me get through that that last mm -hmm. leg of um, senior year, but similar to you, like leading up to graduation, I didn't have any, like any prospects. And from January to March of 2022, like up to our spring break, I probably applied to like a hundred plus places, like had all these informational interviews and I was getting nothing. And for me, it wasn't until I had a conversation with my dad and I was like, because all the positions I was applying for were mm -hmm. entry level, full-time assistant coordinator positions. Mm -hmm. just because selfishly I thought I deserved a full-time job and so I wasn't applying to any internships and it wasn't until I had the conversation with my dad where he was just like you know Zach you're no place to be picky like you know and it, after that conversation that I had with him like it wasn't until then where I decided okay like I guess I could apply to internships like postgraduate whatever programs but I just felt like I just didn't want because at that time I already had a interest like I didn't want to graduate with an internship like yeah. I thought that was gonna be embarrassing um but then I was like reflecting you know like you and I really thought like at the end of the day point blank I just need something to get me out there and once I'm out there I knew that I you know could believe in myself too because I had the work ethic and mm -hmm. you know perseverance to launch off of that experience um and that's kind of what I did I only applied to one or two other internships and thank god searchlight disney got back to me because that was a very slim because I, I didn't even get the offer till like three days before i walked um and i was so grateful because i know like not everyone has that yeah experience well, first, and yeah first off i'll say it's not selfish for wanting a full-time position that's <laughs> i think the problem and the reason why like both you and i got stuck in this mentality is Everyone tells you, oh, do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. But that's a, that's a privilege, honestly, in the job space. Not everyone can afford to do what makes them happy. Exactly. And it's kind of a bitter pill to swallow when you realize that and you get so desperate because of your financial situation, 
expectations, what have you, and you just start applying for anything, even though you know this isn't going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've had to learn, I'm still struggling to learn to kind of speak my mind and go, no, this doesn't make me happy. I'm going to do this instead, even though it goes against your advice and your opinions, because Mm -hmm. I know this will make me happy as like an individual. So it it is a mindset that unfortunately, I think a lot of just seniors struggle with because it's, whether it's societal expectations, financial situations, what have you, that I think is just really sad and like difficult for older generations to kind of understand, or maybe they do understand and they just think that's the way things is. Exactly. And I also think that we, you know, as Gen Z, like, I feel like we have this pressure of succeeding and performing well. And, you know, we have people that are our ages or younger that are, you know, very successful in terms of Mm -hmm. in the entertainment space. And, whether it's TikTokers, social media personalities, or, you know, whatnot. And I feel like that just like kind of makes it harder in terms of comparison and because everyone has their own journey. And I feel like this, all this pressure with Gen Z and, you know, this narrative that, you know, as the new and upcoming generation that we are X, Y, and Z, and we should perform this and that, you know what I mean? And I feel like, having all that pressure can ultimately have like a negative effect on us in terms of us having that unhealthy mindset that you know not even like realizing I mean at least for me like I feel like I don't even take into account like everything that I've accomplished I'm always looking for like okay what else can I be doing like how -hmm. can I get to the next step like Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to be you know all these things and like when I was applying to jobs like that's all I thought about like I didn't care I had all these other stuff going on and even once I got my internship, when I came out here, like when I started my internship, I was already looking for next Mm -hmm. jobs. Like I was never really, and I know this is something that for me personally, I have to like kind of unlearn about myself, but I have to like live in the moment more and, you know, really be my own champion because I realized that a lot of the time that that's not always the case. Um, And, you know, for me, like my parents, I have my own like relationship things with them in terms of like, you know, s- accomplishments and like whether or not I'm, you know, living up to their expectations or if everything I'm doing is, you know, to make them proud. And it mm-hmm. might, you know, am I doing all this for them or me and all this kind of stuff? And in terms of, you know, seeking validation um, and things like that, because I feel like there's very, you know, limited people like you and I that are at the, you know, our caliber, so to speak. Um, So I know that that outside pressure obviously doesn't help. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like there's this um, narrative for like negative narrative um, for students that, you know, when they graduate and going back home to live with their parents, like I feel like, and again, I think that's because of us. Like, I feel like we are the generation that's supposed to be working and having all these accomplishments so when you're not doing that and fitting into that mold it's kind of like oh you're at home living with your parents I've got so much of that when I moved back home from people I knew at AU who so I graduated a year early so Mm -hmm. I didn't really have any of my friends or classmates that I had classes with 
to kind of have a bar to measure myself against because even though I was in classes with all these people I was technically graduating with the upperclassmen so um and I still roomed with people who were in the class of 2019 right yeah but I graduated before them Mm -hmm. so I'm looking at people who I kind of knew through clubs and like PRSSA who already graduated or who were graduating with me and they were like oh I have a full-time job already I'm working at XYZ agency I have an apartment in this part of DC or in New York or um I'm going abroad and I'm doing all this this and I just kind of felt me back home in Pittsburgh I love Pittsburgh I dearly miss my city but I felt like being back home living with my parents and still working at Sheets whenever people would ask oh what are you doing now that you've graduated and I'm just I was just I would respond with oh I'm still applying Mm -hmm. I would get like a look and like a feeling of oh you're bumming off your parents and I'm like that gets you down yeah, <laughs> and that does. makes you more desperate to apply and accept positions that don't necessarily make you happy. So when I reached out to Gemma, um, she connected me with Lillian Noble. Mm-hmm. We hit it off. We became like instant friends. We're still friends. Um, and, she and was connect- that the summer after you graduated the connection? Or- yeah. So okay. that was in July, I think. I emailed her um, because she wanted an update as to how I was doing. And she was like, oh, you want to do entertainment? Well, I know Lillian Noble, who works at Lucasfilm as a publicity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forgot what her official title is because she just got promoted. But I think she was like a publicity assistant at that time. But she does PR for Lucasfilm. Yeah. Who doesn't know Lucasfilm? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) My mom. My mom's never seen a single Star Wars in her life. That's crazy. Side, side you note. need to educate her <laughs> oh my god side note really quick I went to Disney Springs and you know the Lego store they have like yeah. all those like big built Legos that you can take like pictures next to so they had a mm-hmm. little Star Wars area so of course I had to take a picture of it yeah. it was like Chewbacca there was Kylo Ren and then um BB-8 I think or someone else yeah but I look at Kylo Ren I was like can I get a picture with Kylo Ren because I'm a Sith girl yeah I like this and she goes Oh, so she's taking a picture and I'm getting a picture first with Chewbacca because yeah. let's stand in line. She's got her camera up and she's like, oh, is it okay if Darth Vader is like in the background? I was like, what did you just say? And she's pointing <laughs> to Kylo Ren and she's like, Darth Vader, is it okay if he's in the background of your picture with Chewbacca? And I was like, that ain't... <laughs> That's not Darth Vader. That I was Darth like, Vader. it's fine if you don't know who Kylo Ren is, but like yeah. Darth Vader is iconic. Like, like come on, everybody, everybody knows, knows who he looks yeah. like. I was like, how do you not know what Darth Vader looks like? She's just clueless. That's so but funny. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, Lillian, we hit it off really well. We had a lot of similar interests. We liked the same TV shows. We had like a super cool, nice conversation. She gave me such good advice for my job search and then she connected me with the then vice president of publicity at Lucasfilm Lynn Hale um and I don't know she's the one who did all the PR for the um prequels she helped catapult like that next era of Star Wars into the modern era um because like you had your original movies Mm -hmm. and then 
second wave she helped do that so she's very well known in the industry um and I was so excited to meet her and we really hit it off too um she kind of reminded me of Gemma a little (laughs) bit um and Uh we connected so then I they both told me they would help push my resume through for any positions that open at Lucasfilm because I told them like yeah I do like Star Wars I'm a big pop culture person but I wasn't expecting anything of it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Lucasfilm. It's Disney. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like, it's not happening. People can say it, but I'm not going to believe it. It's not happening. Yeah. But I was just happy that I got to meet with these people and connect with them, like, on LinkedIn. And I, Lillian gave me her number and we were texting. I was like, yes. I mean, like, that's yes. so nice. <laughs> and then Lillian, I think she emailed me. She's like, Jenna, there's this marketing assistant position that's opening on the marketing team. It's a temp, so it was only for six months, but it's full time mm-hmm. and it's remote. I think you should apply for it. And I was at that time, I just started interviews for those two positions I mentioned earlier, the one yeah. in New York, BBC. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply. I'm just going to do it. We're going to see where it goes. I'm going to apply, but I was not expecting anything to come from it. I mm-hmm. just thought my application would go into like the black hole um, on the web where like you submit and then it's just like never seen and like <laughs> nothing was ever going to come from it. But I was like, you know what, yeah. we're going to apply. Um, Cause I did start applying for some positions at Disney, but they went into the black hole and I was just yes, like, that portal. just oh kind of like don't even over it. I was like, even. I'm not applying for like Disney or anything anymore. Like it's yeah. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just got through like my second round of interviews with the firm in New York and I was in a down state of mind because I was like they like me it's a good position I think I'm gonna get a job offer soon but I could tell that I was like I was not gonna enjoy my time there yeah at all um Mm -hmm. and I got an email and they're like we'd like you to do a phone interview and I yes flipped out <laughs> I flipped out you know like cloudy with the chance of meatballs with the mm-hmm. guy like, Sam, 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 Sam. <laughs> that was me I literally like tripped down the stairs I was like Mom! <laughs> <laughs> Disney got back to me and I was super excited but again I kind of was like it's not gonna happen yeah and then I interviewed and they liked me and then I interviewed again and they liked me but still no job offer and then at that point, I interviewed twice. Um, I got a job offer from the CBR and I got a job offer from the firm in New York. Um, so I called Gemma and asked for her advice. And her advice actually kind of surprised me. Um, in and that was in the the that was before you heard back from Disney in terms of next steps. Yeah. So I interviewed twice. Um, I interviewed with um, Barbara and Carrie who work in the marketing team. They are who I worked under at Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. Um, And they both really liked me. I made the executive decision to like not blur my background on the Zoom. And I let them see like all my posters on the wall, my lightsaber in the background. And I think that helped a lot like because they knew I was passionate about it. Um, Because like for all the other interviews that I had, I put on a professional background because Mm -hmm. no one wants to see that. But I left my zoom background off and they actually asked me a lot of comments about all the books I had in the background my 
uh, Darth Vader lightsaber, like posters <laughs> on my wall. And I think they really liked that, but I didn't get a job offer and I wasn't really expecting one because they mm-hmm. told me that they had a lot of applicants already. Yeah. And I'm in Pennsylvania and the majority of their applicants are in San Francisco where Lucasfilm is at. And even mm-hmm. though the position's remote, I figured they're still going to want someone who's in the same time zone who's in the same state than someone across the entire country. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't really expecting anything of it, but I was just kind of happy that I got through two rounds of interviews and they seemed to like me. Um, so I asked Gemma, I called her and I was like, I need your advice. I have this job offer from this firm in New York. I have this job offer from this nonprofit in DC and it's a long shot, but I'm really, really hoping I get this job offer from Lucasfilm. I was like, what do you think? I should do because in my heart of hearts I wanted to wait it out and see if I got a job offer from Lucasfilm yeah I mean who wouldn't (laughs) and Gemma you know she's a champion of all of us and I was kind of hoping her to like agree with me and like wait it out but she surprised me and was like you need to take the job offer in New York she's like I know this firm they work with a lot of prolific clients you can build your portfolio you can network with all these people you're gonna make a name from your for yourself in that space and it's mm. gonna be really good for your career mm. and I'm not gonna lie I was kind of disappointed and upset that she said that because yeah. I was like I didn't tell her that I knew that job would make me miserable but like I knew the job would make me miserable mm-hmm. um and so I was like, you know what? I think we're going to decline the job offer from New York and I'm just going to go back to DC because at least I know DC. I've been to DC. I know the area and I know people in the area. So if I'm not happy at my job, I can meet up with my friends yeah. <laughs> on campus or whatever. And then I had a conversation with my mom and she could tell that like I was very disappointed with like Gemma's advice yeah. um, and that I was kind of like warring with myself and I was not going to be happy. And she's like, you know what? here's what you're going to do. You're going to call back Lucasfilm, tell them you got a job offer. Yeah. And you're going to tell them that, Hey, I got this job offer, but I still really want to work for you. Are you willing to give me a job offer? If not, I need to discontinue my interview process. And she's like, you're just going to lay it out blank. And that's what I did. And it worked. (laughs) They got back and they were like, we got your email. We got your voicemail. We want to offer you a job. I flipped out. (laughs) And that was, that was my in. I took the job offer. They were very happy that I did. And I had such a great time working for the studio directly. And I got to work on Star Wars Visions. I got to work on all the holiday activations abroad uh, for that winter. And Mm -hmm. it was so much fun. And that was my segue into the job position I have now. And it was a learning process because again it was that mentality of I don't have any job prospects like I felt like oh my god what's her name for Pride and Prejudice where she's like I'm 27 and I have no prospects (laughs) and I have to get married to Mr. Collins (laughs) like that was me I was like I'm 22 I just graduated I have no prospects I'm living with my parents I have to do something and I think that just goes back to just too much pressure on myself as an individual I'm like Mm -hmm. I expected better of myself and it was just societal expectations. And then it was just expectations of my parents who are always like, we want you, we know you can be amazing, blah, 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 blah. And it was yeah. just like all this pressure that imagined or real that I felt just to accept the first job offer. And it was 
truly this is like I tell people all the time now like do what makes you happy like exactly like if even if it goes against the advice of people around you like as long as you know in your heart of hearts that you're Mm going to be happy you need to go for it it you need to prioritize your own well-being yeah and that was a lesson I had to learn as I was in that limbo state for like three and a half months after graduation yeah and And that's so important yeah that's like so important because at the end of the day like it's your life and everyone else can give you all the advice in the world but when you know it comes down to it it's your experience and your future at hand so no one's gonna know what's best for you except you and Mm -hmm. I mean I went through that recently in terms of you know I and I think I told you this like I you know had my internship and Mm -hmm. once it was like approaching its end and now it's supposed to be end of um, August before I got my extension Mm-hmm. I was already like actively, actively looking for jobs in June. And my first offer I got, my first job offer I got was, you know, to stay with Disney to work on one of their global PR teams. And it was like a publicity system position, which, you know, sounds amazing. Like the experience was going to be like amazing. Um, but it was fully remote. And mm-hmm. there was like all these different components to it that I kind of knew I wasn't going to be happy. And like, it mm-hmm. wasn't going to sit right with me. Like I didn't come out here to like work a remote position, like all these things. And obviously before I accepted the job and I kind of knew I was going to get it at one point and I was asking everyone's advice. Cause like, you know, I tend to get in my head and overthink about like everything. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure like I was talking to everybody and anybody who would listen just to get, you know, their opinions and perspectives which I know that I I went out to get so like what I received is kind of what I asked for um but at the end of the day like I had to follow my gut and it was to the point where people were telling me like Zach like it sounds like you have your mind made up already but then it was like I'm gonna tell Disney no like this is my first job offer with like a salary and benefits and like everything and this is like all I've been wanting with Disney mm-hmm. and it would have been a great experience, but ultimately it wouldn't have been the best fit for me down the line. And I didn't want to be stuck in that position because, you know, there's a certain, certain amount of time that you should be in a position before, you know, your reputation um, gets, you know, you know, people start to think like, oh, you can't hold down a job. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't want to like stick it out for a year and a half, two years if I knew there was like, you know, if I knew it just wasn't right for me. Mm-hmm. And I, that was very hard for me um, to really get a handle of because, you know, I, I spent a lot of the majority of my life listening to everybody else's opinions and that mm-hmm. kind of drove my certain life experiences. And I'm just now at 22. And I think it's because like, I'm, I'm out of college and like I'm in the real world and going through the job process right now where it's like I have to be very honest with myself because this is my life I'm gonna be no one else is gonna be in the whatever position working Mm -hmm. every day in the entertainment industry like it's long hours long days and like all that to take into account because everyone can say whatever they say but ultimately you're the one that decides and so Mm -hmm. since then there are other positions where like I interviewed for and you know stuff just didn't line up for me and I had to recuse myself from the process or um, respectively decline and I feel like you know if you would have 
told me that three months ago, I would have been like, what the fuck? Like, I would never have done that. Like, no. <laughs> um, but now I'm like, okay, I really have to be serious. Cause like, this is my life and mm-hmm. ultimately going to, you know, determine what my path is. Obviously you don't have to stay in the same position like forever, but I do think that, you know, whatever my next thing is, it's kind of be like the stepping stone for the rest of my life in terms of my career. And so I couldn't agree more with, with everything that you said. And I feel like a lot of people should really reflect and be honest. Cause like, I think a lot, a lot of people find themselves in that position, like, okay, I just need to have a job to have a job, or I just you know mm-hmm. to do it to make everyone else happy, even though I'm not happy. Or if it's like, oh, it's all this money, which essentially attracts you, but then you're in the role and you're like, wait, is it worth it? Like my yeah. work-life balance, like all these other things that nobody else can really have control of because you're the one in that situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that people our age are are really starting to figure out that because obviously there's students that you know have jobs lined up a year before graduation or right after graduation which great for them but like that's you know hard to be surrounded with when you know you have students that can't really get anything or trying to make a transition to a different pathway or or a different industry um and are kind of like struggling out so I don't know this has been like really great for me in particular because like I'm literally in that process right now in terms of trying Mm -hmm. to find my next thing and I it wasn't until recently where I was like I'm you know I really have to be honest with myself and and then constantly self-reflecting in terms of is this really what I want is this lines up with my career goals and like what I want to do out here um so no yeah this that was that was, I feel like everyone needed to hear that, honestly. (laughs) Um, But now I just want to kind of like transition in to talking about this like concept of leadership. Um, Like we said, like we both went to AU and we were both Mm -hmm. a part of the illustrious American University PSA chapter. (laughs) And we both served as chapter presidents. Mm -hmm. I followed you and I took over when you you graduated. Um, But I just wanted to ask like, do you think your experience being in a leadership position and, you know, being in charge of such a, a great de- professional development organization has impacted you where you are today in terms of how you conduct your life and your experiences? Uh, yes, it, it definitely has. Um, I wasn't expecting to be president, honestly, um, but you know the story behind that. Yep. Um, <laughs> but when I became president, I had this new role of responsibility on my shoulders and Gemma doesn't make it easy because she thinks we're like superstars and literally I'm like, I can't let Gemma down um <laughs> like PRSSA is her baby mm-hmm. and I was like I can't m- mess with her baby um and it was kind of like my first real role of leadership responsibility that I had since I graduated high school where I was editor-in-chief of our newspaper but that was still kind of run by our teacher and I was just kind of facilitating what the teacher wanted. This yep. would be like the first time where I was actually stepping up and being in charge of people's roles and responsibilities. And they would come looking to me for help or mm-hmm. answers to their questions or what have you. And I took that summer really to kind of reflect and like mentally prepare myself and um, really try 
and understand, okay, this is what's going to be expected of me, but like, am I able to step up to the plate? And I think I kind of surprised myself a little bit um, because I learned more about myself and my capabilities and what I'm able to do while I was in that leadership position. Um, And so I will tell you, like, (laughs) I had no idea what I was really doing when I was president. I talked to Gemma a lot. Um, and when we were like planning our events and doing our chapter meetings and we were trying to get people to become members and participate more and we were all virtual um, and you guys would come to me with questions on like, oh, how do you think we should do X, Y, Z or blah, 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 blah. I kind of was very frightened <laughs> the first <laughs> couple weeks, like, oh my yeah. God. I don't know what I'm doing. They're coming <laughs> to me with all these questions. I don't want to let them down. I don't want to be seen as like a bad leader or a bad person. I wanted us to all get along mm-hmm. and be friends. Um, again, that was from previous experiences. Yes. I just I wanted us to be a good collaborative team. And so it kind of took that mindset of, okay, how can I foster a collaborative environment that makes everyone feel welcomed, heard, understood um where we can kind of make prs to say the best that it can be while mm-hmm. we're virtual um how can i do that and so I, that was my main driving point when i was leader and in doing so i think that gave me a lot of experience that i didn't gain from like my internships yeah being an intern you're kind of just given a task like homework and you do it and you go, okay, mm-hmm. here's my work. What's my next thing? You don't really take the time to think outside of the box to think how can we collaborate or look at something differently? How can we go about tackling this problem in a way that is more beneficial or provides a more positive outcome for everybody or for like a goal, et cetera, et cetera. And I think PRSA really did help me learn that mindset and gain those leadership skills that really did help prepare me for when I joined Lucasfilm and then later my position now at Disney. Um, I learned how to handle responsibility more and how to prioritize and undertake more tasks. Um, Mm -hmm. I learned how to ask for help um, because I think as overachievers, that's a problem that like (laughs) I know I struggle with. I like just asking for help you have these expectations that, okay, I need to be able to do every single thing, like all the things and no, it's not how a team works. So I think being president really helped me grow into more of like a working professional because Mm. like I, you turn 18, you become an adult, quote unquote, but like, I think PRSSA was kind of like my first taste of like real world responsibility in a way that internships kind of didn't necessarily equate like I got working experience but I was still kind of within like a school bubble or like a bubble where I wasn't functioning as like a fully independent adult I was Mm -hmm. just kind of given tasks that were stamped with approval and then moved on to the next thing I wasn't necessarily allowed to like grow into a professional who was able to think and actively collaborate with a team and PRSSA really helped with that when I was president um and I it it did help I think in the long run when I was interviewing 
and I included all of my efforts on PRSSA as president and mm -hmm. as um, my other positions and all the work I did onto like my portfolio and I submitted that along with my applications. Um, a lot of my employers were really impressed with the work that we did throughout PRSSA. Yeah. Um, and my role as a leader and the things we were able to accomplish while I was still at school. Um, so PRSSA really did <laughs> help me a lot yeah. um, entering into the professional workspace, especially because my last year was all virtual. I didn't see anybody in person until graduation, basically. Yeah. Like I met up with my friends a couple times, but like communication's hard. We didn't really stay in touch. Um, some of them weren't even in DC. They were still at home. And so I really didn't get to network and meet face to face with people and mm -hmm. gain those like small, crucial little socialization skills and stuff like that, that you kind of need to thrive in a workplace. So no, 100%. And I, 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 again, I can't agree more. Like, I feel like being part of an organization like PRSSA, um, and in a role that we both, you know, led. And I feel like for me, PRSSA is, has been a lot more than I, I really, you know, I really think like I've, I mean, that's an organization I've been part of my four years at AU and I've learned so much from being a part of that organization. And, and I think a lot of it were in the networking skills and all those kind of experiences that I feel like you don't really realize in the moment when you're a college student can really impact you um, in a very positive way, like post-grad. And mm -hmm. uh, for me as well, like my interview for Searchlight, like I think that's what kind of was like the cherry on top in terms of what, not only was I a leader, but what I've accomplished, not only during my, my senior year as chapter president, but all the other years as on eboard and, and part of the organization and everything that you know, I accomplished with that experience. And I, I mean, I personally think like PRSSA has really made me, I don't want this to sound like dramatic, but like, <laughs> I, I really think that PRSSA has made me the person I am today. And I, I would be lying if I said it didn't. Um, because I, like you, like a lot of my college experience was, was virtual. And even my senior year when we were like kind of in person, but like kind of not because like Delta and Omicron came and like fucked everything up again. Um, uh, it was, it was just like battling with that. And I think I, like you, like I, you know, came into the position not really knowing I was going to be president. And it was mm -hmm. kind of a position that you know, I had to decide whether or not I wanted to take on. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I did because I learned so much. And I mean, at the beginning of the summer, summer going to my senior year, like when you graduated and, and you left, like a lot of the e-board left, like everyone else graduated. Mm -hmm. So um, me and Elizabeth were left to build a whole nother e-board like by ourselves. And, you know, it got to a point where Gemma was just like, you know, guys, like if you don't want to say like, I totally understand. And I'm just like, Gemma, like, I'm not just going to like leave you with no e-board and then mm -hmm. well, I'm gonna see you around around campus and just like act like nothing's happened like no um of course I was going to accept the position and help out wherever I could and as hard as it was and girl it was so hard oh my god just like literally like pulling teeth trying to put together an e-board because mm -hmm. you have people that like are coming you know when we make the transition back to campus like our senior year like 
the only people at this point that were on campus pre-COVID was my class. Everyone else started during the pandemic, essentially. So they kind of don't know how organizations like PSSA as a professional development um, organization kind of works like on campus. Um, in my senior year, we weren't like completely in person either. Like we were still doing, you know, meetings on Zoom um, and events on Zoom primarily until like awards at the end of a senior year. Um, mm -hmm. But again, like a lot of the organization skills that that I learned um, and I strengthened through through PSA and leadership skills and um, you know taking it was for me it was kind of weird like I never saw myself as like a authority type you know figure so to speak like I've always been the person that's you know loved to have a good time and like I feel weird thinking I like have to be like tell people like what to like that like felt weird to me and I didn't want to come off as like oh like I'm not taking this job seriously um I think for me like under my presidency like it was finding like that line between you know everyone here you know showed, no one was forced to join the organization on eboard and everyone has their certain you know responsibilities and just like as president maintain all that plus all my other duties and I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of everything I accomplished. Obviously my scholarship is like the most proud thing I've like ever done. Um, and it's my legacy. And, and I think a lot of those skills definitely trans were transferable in terms of, you know, now entering the professional world and leaning on the experiences that PSA um, gave me uh, for sure. And, you know, I think that, I mean, I still talk to Gemma and it's completely different because when I left, it was kind of the same thing where most of the e-board was graduating. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of, my only thing was I'm not gonna leave Gemma with an empty yeah. e-board or with the two, one or two students that were like underclassmen. But again, this was like their first year being on e-board. Yeah. E so they, they barely knew what they were doing. So like before I even graduated, I wanted to make sure there was a whole e-board and thank yeah. God I did. And there's a whole e-board of women and I couldn't be prouder. And, you know, obviously Gemma, when we talk like it, it's completely different. Like you and I both would be in her office hours so late, just talking, like yeah. she ended up becoming my therapist at some points. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and I know Elizabeth and I talked about that like all the time and now it's completely different. Um, mm. Cause like all these, everyone that's on e-board is, you know, kind of started the, were the class of 2020 when they graduated high school. And it's, I don't know, it, it's kind of weird to think that I, you know, I, I see stuff on Instagram, like I don't recognize anyone. Obviously the e-board members, I, you know, I, I helped build for the new e-board, but all the events that they're doing and building the organization now that they're fully on campus mm -hmm. um, and stuff that I couldn't do, like they're going to conference and all these things that is amazing. Um, and it's just like a totally different generation of, of leaders and um, they operate differently. Like Gemma was saying, like, the, it's not like Sophie, the new president, she doesn't go to her office out, like office as much as we did or doesn't operate kind of like that, which is great. Mm -hmm. Like she does at the end of the day, what she's supposed to do. But I think Gemma like kind of missed that. Um, but I think that's what, you know, was important for when we led the organization and, and what made us successful in doing so. Um, so yeah, love PSA, like definitely will always, always um, try to give back to it if, if I can. And I know Gemma, 
she wanted to start like an endowment eventually like I guess closer to when she's retiring and I told her I was like I'm not gonna give a dime to AU like no No. they're not gonna take any of my money but I will definitely if I become like successful I will (laughs) not if when let me not put that in the negative negative air um when it becomes successful I'm gonna give my money to you in the endowment that you yeah. make with your state. Cause that's what helped me. Not a AU and you did nothing for me. AU did nothing for me. You took too much of my dollars already. <laughs> Literally. I was like, no, I don't wanna no. PR say yes. AU no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like love her, love DC, miss it. Uh, but I guess the last thing I just want to touch on before we wrap up um mm-hmm. is you know, now that you work for Disney and you made the move to to Florida. Now you're closer mm-hmm. to your team in Orlando. What is your, I guess, your career goal or dream? Like, do you, you know, do you want to stay with Disney long term in that consumer product space, or are you looking to grow in other areas of Disney or or elsewhere within the entertainment space? Yeah, so I'd like to stay with Disney if I can. Maybe I love my team, consumer products. I mean. Yeah. So much fun. Um, <laughs> and, and my team is amazing. We really work and balance each other really well. So I'd like to stay with them for as long as I can. Um, but if I have other opportunities to grow um, in different positions, whether that be more on the publicity studio side of things or um, digital creation, stuff like that. I mean, I would love to grow as a professional um, mm-hmm. and I would like to do it within Disney. I mean, it is a really nice company and I'm in. So if I could grow within Disney, that would be amazing. But I'm kind of open um, to building my career in the entertainment industry, kind of wherever it takes me. Like some of my coworkers, um, one of them was a journalist and then she switched over to PR. One of them used to work for Universal Studios and did Harry Potter and now works (laughs) on (laughs) Marvel stuff. So like, there's a lot of open room once you start gaining experience. So I think as long as I feel right about what I'm doing and I'm happy Mm -hmm. doing what I'm doing, I'm open to wherever kind of the wind takes me. Um, I've, that's one of the things I've been trying to teach myself is like, you don't necessarily need to think of your career as like rungs on a ladder. Like what's the next step? What's the next part? Like I'm trying to do what, you mentioned earlier it's just focus on the now a little mm-hmm. bit um because I was always just so focused on in the future in the future in the future and I wasn't really enjoying my present because I was yeah. always looking ahead or looking upon past mistakes and like don't do that again that type of thing I wanted I just want to take the time where I'm at now and I'm still kind of young I'm still kind of growing my career and I'm in a job that I really really like yeah. um, in a position that I consider kind of almost to be a dream position and to just kind of take things as they come take opportunities to grow as a professional and enjoy my time with my teammates and make friends and network and build myself and kind of see where that takes me um, I'm trying to be <laughs> more open and relaxed and not yeah. so like that's part of my problem I think is you and me both girl like like I'm <laughs> such a I call it like a Ravenclaw moment where like you're always like so determined to like yeah be the smartest be the best you have to keep pushing forward and like that ambition and innovation is great mm-hmm. but 
if you keep go, go, going, like you're going to run out of gas. So taking time to like enjoy where I'm at. I just moved. I'm trying to enjoy Florida. I'm adjusting. I'm meeting my coworkers now in person and like working and collaborating with them in person now, Mm -hmm. just taking things in. And, but I am open to future opportunities whenever they come and wherever they take me. Yeah. And I I have no doubt that you you will have success in this in this career and your career in your in this industry and I'm just excited to see what you do like I think what you do is so amazing already and like I already look up to you so girl I (laughs) I could not wait to see what you end up doing um you know down the line and hopefully we can get together again and yeah now that we're in like the same I tell myself now that we're in like the same industry like it should be easier um but you never know like I feel like if I, I mean, hopefully if I get that job at Disney, mm-hmm. let's pray, um, you know, we can at least stay in the same company and yeah. it would definitely be easier to, to stay in contact. But uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And, and I know that you're going to um, oh. have a great career for sure. Um, thank uh, so thank you so much for hopping on this episode. Thank you for having me. I appreciate me. it so much. Thank you all for listening. Uh, you can catch uh, episodes of Let's Chat with Zach every Sunday on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, drop a like, subscribe, put post reviews, like do it all, do it all. <laughs> and I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Thank you again, Jenna. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>